I'm delighted, I've been la-di-da-din Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top Man, these boys, they be potting I trust them like a lot And they told me that I get it Guess what? I got it You should do it too You will never lose If you ever do Must have been a ruse Ricky, that's my dude Stoops are super cool Sharks up in the pool I've been sparking up my tools I've been looking to win Spend a little again I've been for spittle to them My God, I riddled again I told them stop clowning around They said what goes up comes down I said I'm down with the sickness My team stay ill now Come get this I'm just so dead with delight I stay ready tonight Deep dive, we rise That's the medley, alright David Delight David Delight Da-da-da, da-da-da Da-da, David Delight Hey! Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our Debbie rankings, tackling the wide receiver position. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you today, bud? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I was ready for you to start, but I wasn't ready, apparently, because you scared me. You startled me. <laughs> so I'm back, though. I'm back. I'm good. I'm excited. Um we love talking wide receivers, obviously. We love talking every position, but I mean, I kind of talked to you off air. It was, um, it was tougher, tougher than what I thought, right? Because I even went through and I, I even from when we previously um, listed our, our rankings on the on the website, I think I even moved some guys around from there. I know that was just 2021 rankings, but I think even within that, I, I moved the guys moved guys around a little bit. So, be interesting to kind of compare some changes. Nothing too drastic, but um, still excited. Still excited to see kind of how where you have some guys and, and how close or far off we are. Yeah, so for me, um, one of the ones when I – so what we do is is we give the show about a month or so to air. You know, we want people to listen to the show, and then I'll post the rankings on the Music City Drive-In, and that's what I've been doing. And, and I, I updated a few slots, and there was some people that were a little upset with my Devontae Smith ranking. Um, I think I had him like, you know, seventh or eighth or something like that. And uh, people are upset by that. Um, I like Devontae Smith, right? I do. Uh, I like him a whole lot. And I did move him up a little bit, I believe. I don't, you know, I have my rankings here, but we'll talk about that later. We don't talk about our rankings like we always talk about. But as much as I love Devontae Smith, I still don't think he's better than my core, you know, bunch near the top. You know what I mean? I, I have him higher. So you can be a little bit more happier with that, everybody. But I just don't think that he's in that same league as, as some of the other guys. I Don't get me wrong, he's fantastic. But if you watched last week's game, he kind of got shut out in the game a little bit. Um, he did have the punt return for a touchdown. But um, big games today. Uh, you're probably not listening to this right now, maybe today. But as we're getting ready to record this, we have a couple of big games. Florida, who blew it last week against LSU, had a chance to play in the playoff of – I really didn't think they were going to beat Alabama anyway. We talked about it on the show. Yeah. It was funny. We talked about it off the air, about how funny it would be if Florida lost to LSU. And then, you know. There it is. <laughs> they lost. Sorry, Kyle Trask. But then we also have Clemson and Notre Dame, which, uh, you know, I think Clemson's going to win by double digits. So whenever you're listening to this, you would be like, ah, he was right. Or you'd be like, ah. What an idiot. idiot. I, I agree with you, though. I already posted it on Twitter and, and – some agreed. Some said I'm crazy. So we'll see. I mean, you know, it's the the beauty of this. It's it's uh, it's what we think. It's what you know we 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 think can happen. And like I I've told you, I said it on on Twitter. And I I understand Trevor Lawrence doesn't play defense. I get it. 
I just think he is the difference maker as, as, as crazy as it might sound. Like I told you, there's just certain guys that have a, a vibe, have a, I don't know, just the, the way they carry themselves and, and just people react different for certain guys. And there's no knock at DJ. I think DJ is going to be amazing. I do. But right now Trevor is, is light years ahead of him. So yeah. I just think it makes a huge difference, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be a two touchdown. I think it's going to be a two touchdown game. Uh, easily. I, I do believe. And the thing about it is, is to touch on that before we dive into the receivers is for me personally, I feel the same way. Um, they started off flat against Notre Dame. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a three-year starter. You know what I mean? That was, I think, DJ's second start of his career. No, that was his first start. First of his or career. second. It first, was definitely one yeah. of the first. So, and you're talking about Notre Dame does have a really good defense, right? You know what I mean? But the difference between an experienced quarterback and an inexperienced quarterback is going to be not recognizing certain uh, schemes, not being able to read the field as good as the other quarterback and stuff like that. So if you start off flat against a good defensive team like Notre Dame, they can run the ball. And they can control the clock, which is what um, teams like Clemson don't like because they are fast-paced. They are drive the full. They they're score touchdowns in three and four plays and stuff like that. So it's understandable why you feel that way. Um, and you know the people that hated on it. You know what I mean? Well, we and he, right. He, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna call it right now. We <laughs> were right. Clemson won by you know three touchdowns. Well, and. ETN needs to take care of the ball a little better too. I know yeah. we had that, that brutal fumble. So there's some other aspects to it. Like without that fumble, I bet they don't even go to overtime and I bet they do win, you know? So mm-hmm. like you said though, Lawrence's ability to see certain coverages and, or, or, you know, see the, the disguises that defense is kind of trying to throw in there. I don't think DJ's quite to that level. Right. So it's just like you said, it's little things like that that are massive things. So just the small little decision-making. And, and the thing is, it kind of shows how DJ is going to be so good, right? If that's first, second game and he came out and looked like he did, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, like – You did have him number know, just, three or four in your quarterback debut ranking. I do. So that's what I'm that's saying. No, I think – I do. I that's think he's going to be great. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just with, with Trevor, like, he's going to notice those things. And, obviously, he's got the full playbook. You got to think at the beginning, DJ was probably limited – Yep. on what he not could do, but what they were allowing him to do. Now yeah. he did throw the ball down the field. They opened it up a little bit for him, but you just got to, it's, it's a, it's just a whole different game, right? It's, one there the is no limitations I, to Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. One of the things I forgot about, this is not the first time that um, Lawrence plays Brian Kelly, right? I think it's Brian Kelly, uh, Brian Kelly's Notre Dame defense. This is, this is not the first time. So he has seen, maybe different players, but he has seen these schemes. He has seen the field. He has seen them play. Again, it's all about, you know, the, the depth and the history of what Lawrence has done. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right. I felt the need to get that out there. Um, and then, of course, Alabama is going to probably – I think Alabama is going to win it all anyway. But um, yeah. I really – I don't really feel like there's going to be much competition, so – um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the playoff, what some of these uh, potential Ohio State teams do in the playoff. Um, but I don't want to get I don't want to get stoops on a tangent here this morning on the air. Um, Let's just change I, the rules real quick. Because <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. Uh, let's just do whatever Ohio State <laughs> needs to make sure they get in the playoff. But let's go ahead and transition over to the wide receiver position. Um, stoops, we did the top fifteen. Um, all right, real quick, Stoops. Give me how many players you had outside the 2021 class. Uh, one, two, 
Three, four, five. I've got five three. outside of the 2021. Three or four. Three or four. Obviously, this is dependent on some of these guys maybe opting out, maybe not. So, um, all right, give me your 15 through 13. Okay. So, at 15, um, he actually had a pretty, pretty solid game against Florida. Kayshawn Boutte, um, freshman out of LSU. Um, he was one that was really talked about. Uh, actually, well, no, it was him. He was one of those, those tops that, that were talked about. It was Rakeem Jarrett that was kind of always pushed to the side. Um, but he's a good guy too. I've got him a little lower, but Keishon Butte out of LSU. Um, I think he's going to be awesome. It's just, we talked about it. The LSU offense is kind of just hit and miss right now when they're on, they're on, but they're just not consistent with it. I think he's, he's going to be definitely one of the top guys there. Um, 14, um, I've got Tylen Wallace. I moved him down quite a bit. I just, I think the talent's still there. I still really like him. It's just been kind of one of those weird years for Oklahoma state where they're on, they're off. Um, we just never know what we're going to get from them, but number 13, um, I got Seth Williams out of Auburn. Um, again, Bo Nix is um, Bo Nix, right? It's uh, it's one of those where he – we saw – I mean, don't get me wrong. In the A&M game, like, he showed kind of what he can be. He's just not that consistently. That's the issue. Um, and I think Seth Williams is kind of – hurt a little bit from that. I mean, he still has 688 receiving yards on the season, only four touchdowns. But, you know, it's it's – it's still a decent, respectable year, but it's not what I think Seth Williams is truly capable of. So I think Bo Nix is kind of hindering him um, in that area a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I, when Bo Nix was in the game last year, I, I was not a fan. I'm still not a fan. I, I don't think Bo Nix is going to turn out to be all that. There's a lot of people that love them some Bo Nix. I'm just not one of those guys. Coming in at number 15, I am not. I am. I am not giving up on this guy. He was. He was. I think number 15 on my, uh, on my draft rankings as well, but uh, Justin Ross at the Clemson. I, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I, it's, it's one of those things. I believe in the talent. Look, they're saying he's rehabbing. They're saying he's, he's okay. Like the, he's going to be okay from the neck injury. Right. You know what I mean? That's obviously key. It's a neck injury. That's, yeah, that's yeah. huge. Right. But precautionary measures and stuff like that, you know, they kept him out for the season. He's had a full season to kind of digest that. I think that he's going to be – he probably won't be a, a third, fourth, fifth round guy. It's going to depend on what he looks like. But this if, if people remember watching him play, the dude had talent. You know what I mean? He was superly talented. I mean, he had 112 catches, 1,865 yards, 17 touchdowns in, in 28 games. That's, that's really good. You know what I mean? Like, the kid's really good at football. And – Averaged almost 100 yards a game, or averaged over 100 yards a game, 16.7 yards per catch. I love Justin Ross, and I think the talent is there, and I think that we have an opportunity of seeing a guy that's going to fall a little bit later. If we've looked at the last couple draft classes, some of the highlights have been some of the higher guys drafted, but we've seen a lot of guys kind of step up, even like a guy like KJ Hamler. We didn't really like KJ Hamler. I wasn't a huge fan, but he's had a really good year. But if you look at some of these other low-class draft, you know, DJ Chark, you have um, some of those guys that are really kind of showing out that um, aren't those first-round picks. But, of course, then you have a Justin Jefferson. But for every Justin Jefferson, yes, it's year one, you have a, a Rager or a, an Ayuk. You know, Ayuk has looked good, but he's been very inconsistent because of injuries and stuff like that. But, you know, I love Justin Ross. I love the potential, and I'm still all in on the guy. Do you, do you think he – he comes back though or do you think he just declares and goes tries to get his, his money sooner because of injury you know what I mean like I think I think it'd be better for him to come back but I also understand with a neck injury like 
it's just it's a tough it's a tough situation. I would say it would be contingent on what he's done on this off time, right? You know what I mean? Like, has he been just worried about the net getting better and then going from there? But does he have to get back into football shape? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of things that go into that. But honestly, if I were him, if I if I've been in shape, staying in shape, working on who I am, I, I'd come out. I just think the talent's too much, so much there, and you have every opportunity to impress, right? You know, you have the combine, you have the pro days. Even on the pro days, you could be out there with Lawrence. You know what I mean? Clemson yeah. pro day. You have Lawrence, Etienne, Ross. Like it'd be like a whole, you know, just a, you know, whole gathering together. But I really, I don't hate the idea of him coming back. But you know, I mean, he'd I, be the I, clear number one. Him and DJ. Yes. Like, so it's we'll that'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Um, number fourteen. Um, I've got Alive, Ohio State. Um, another guy I really like, I, I was struggling with him. I, the stats are there. He's good, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, he's one of those guys where it's like, I like him, but I'm not sure I love him. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know what that's going to translation transition into the NFL. Number 13, a guy that I, that you just mentioned that dropped down to your radar is Tylen Wallace. Same with me. Like I just, Tylen Wallace should should be the number one receiver in this draft class. I don't. I, I fully believe that. You know what I mean. He's got all the tools and talent in the world. So mm-hmm. obviously, if you do get him in in a later round, I do think that you have an opportunity of getting somebody that can break out. But for me, there's just too many question marks, and there's too many other guys that have been like, "Hey, I'm here," that have really made me go, "Okay, cool." And so, Tyler Wallace at number thirteen. What you got for twelve through ten? So at number twelve. Um... I've got Elijah Moore um, out of Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, he's been been on fire this year, right? I mean, almost 1,200 receiving yards at the time, um, eight receiving touchdowns. He's been on fire. So, um, definitely got him there. It's just I like a couple other guys a little bit more that I've got higher up, but he's looked good. This is a guy that I will not be giving up on. Two reasons. One, he goes to A&M, so there's that. But also, I think the talent's there. I think – and I don't know – so it's Demon, Demon Demas. I, I don't know why he hasn't been on the field. I don't know if it's – because he didn't play his senior year of high school. We all know that. That's something that was always talked about coming in. Is it just taking that a little bit longer to get back into football shape, learn the playbook? Is it just Jimbo wants to, you know, mold him a little I, – I don't know what the reason is. I don't know. Um, but the talent's there. He, he's just ultra-athletic. Um, and the confidence is through the roof. I mean, you, if you listen to, like, videos he posts or things he says – I mean, it's, it's, he's so confident that like when I get on the field, like it's over, like I'm going to take over. So, um, and from what I've seen from film and just his, his videos, he posts, like, I believe it obviously. Yeah. A&M, I have a little bias there, but just the talent itself, um, hearing other people say the same stuff is kind of reassuring as well. So not giving up on him just yet. And then sitting at number 10, I've got Terrace Marshall, um, out of LSU. He's another guy that, um, is definitely looking good, but that's where I've got him. I know you probably have him at like number one or something, but I do not have him at number one. I don't <laughs> appreciate the Terrace Marshall slander on our own podcast here. He's top ten. I mean, that's really harsh. No, it, I, I love Marshall. Marshall's my like he's one of my guys. You know what I'm saying? Like I just I I love him a whole lot. Um, for me coming in at number twelve, you, you mentioned one of the guys that has rose rised up my board higher than pretty practically anybody, and that's that's Elijah Moore. Um, dude's just insane. Has been insane. He's got two two hundred yard games this. Th- I'm sorry, three 
200-yard games this year, um, which kind of blows my mind. He's had 10-plus catches in seven of the eight games. Um, the one game that he had where he struggled was against Auburn. He had five catches for 16 yards, but he had a touchdown. So that kind of threw in, you know, if you're looking at the fantasy factor there. Um, this guy's insane. I, I He's kind of blowing out of the water. Obviously, the fast up-tempo. Um, Corral's looked a lot better this year. Um, I think next, you know, I think that he has potential to be a, uh, a day two or day three pick in this draft. And I think he's going to be able to produce day one. Somebody I really, really, really like. Um, let's see here. I've got, I've got Amon Ross St. Brown at number 10. I'm sorry, number 11. Um, another guy I really, really, we love mm-hmm. St. Brown. And St. Brown's really shown out this year of what he's capable of doing. I think he had, what, three touchdowns at the half the other night? Um, this USC team, I feel like they're, if they were on the football field with just about any team in the country not named Alabama, I think they'd give them a run for their money. Or um, Oregon, t- I don't know. What? I said or Oregon, but it's fine. They lost Oregon. So. Oh, did they? Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. But I do feel like that uh, St. Brown is kind of really showcasing to himself or showcasing to everybody why he was that five-star prospect. He's looked fantastic this year, and I think that he's going to kind of skyrocket up boards. Um, I had I, I went with your boy, too. I, I, I have him at number uh, 10, Damon Damas. It's a guy that – Okay, so outside of talking to you, 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 when you get frustrated on Twitter and, and announce to the world why is Devon Moss not playing, um, the entire world joins you, right? It's not just a Stoops loves a Texas A&M thing. It's just a, a Devon Moss thing. Dude's super talented. He's, he's got all the potential. If you just watch some of the, the highlights from this guy, it, he's insane. He is absolutely insane, and you can't help but be like, wow, wow, wow. And, and for me – I buy the hype, I buy your hype, and I buy everybody else's hype. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. So Well, and, and so take this for what it's worth. Um, he went on Instagram Live last night. I watched it for a little bit. He was all with his cousin, I think. And his cousin was basically saying, like, you got to get out of there. They're not playing you. And he pretty much said, I'm not leaving. Like, it's year one. Like, I'm not leaving. Now, again, you know, of course, and I, I believe him. I do. From, what I've, from his whole recruitment process, I mean, he was committed to A&M for a long time right? It wasn't like, a, oh, let me go back and forth and decide. Like, he was committed for a long time, and he stayed committed. So, I believe him in that aspect, um, and I hope that's the case. I also hope that he plays today. Like, I just, I, I'm not trying to go on a tangent. I just don't get it. I really don't get why he's at least on the field a little bit. I'm not saying make him the star, right? You got to get him out there, though. So, anyway, hopefully that's the case. He basically said he's not going anywhere, um, I mean, I mean, and I really hope that's the case. But again, he, he's we not going to put out any there. Season, you know what I mean? That's yeah. part of obviously it might be part of Jimbo's issues. But when you look around the college football world and see some of these younger guys getting on the field, mm-hmm. that starts to make the question: All right, why are you not getting the ball in his hands at least somehow, Jimbo? Yeah, but, I do think though, him and Haynes King next year, game over. National championship. Here we come. All right. Um, where are we at? Number nine? Nine through seven. All right. So, number nine, I've got Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, again, you talked him up. He's just – he's a talented guy. Um, he's able to get it done in, in whatever way you need him to. Um, I know we've talked about him a lot, actually. Like, a lot. Um, so, he's definitely one of our, our favorites. Um, I don't think it helped that, that old Keaton threw, you know, three interceptions yesterday. That doesn't help. So, uh, QB2. Um, number eight. 
So number eight and seven, this is where I think a lot of people are going to probably come after me. But number eight, I have Rondell Moore. And number seven, I have David Bell. Okay. I know that probably 99% of draft Twitter, Debbie Twitter, whatever, has Rondell Rondell Moore probably in their top three. Some have him one, two, whatever. Probably top three across the board. And he is ultra talented, right? I mean, he came back finally after missing however many games at the beginning of the season um, due to an injury. And he looked good. He did look good. I will give him that. I mean, he's had, what, 15 receptions, 16 receptions. Like, he gets the targets. He gets the catches. He gets it done. I understand that. But it's still just that that kind of gut feeling concern for me in the sense of word came out, yeah, he was healthy enough to come back last year. But because of the way the season was going, why bring him back, right? That if that's the case, then why did he not start this season healthy, right? It's just one of those where I have a little more questions, not about the talent. The talent is obviously there. so. We'll see. Um, as long as he gets that right fit, I, I think he's going to definitely excel, um, barring any unfortunate, you know, health health reasons. But David Bell, man, he he came out of essentially out of nowhere once Rondell Moore did go out, um, because I will say the first game of Bell's freshman season, Moore was still there, and Bell didn't do much. I think he had maybe twenty receiving yards, if that. He didn't do much. But that next game, he just took the roll over, and it was David Bell the whole year. And he's continued it on this year. So I'm a big, big fan of him. Um, I like his size a little bit more, 6'2", 205. Um, Rondell Moore, 5'9", 180. We've learned that that doesn't mean as much as it used to, right? It used to be you have to be 6'3", 6'4". You have to do this. You have to do this. Now, you could be 5'9", 5'10", and as long as you're fast, you're going to find a role, right? And it could be a heavy role in an offense. So the fact that Rondell's 5'9", doesn't bother me. I just like the 6'2" frame of of bell a little bit more but i know that's going to be unpopular and that is okay because that's what we're here for so it's nine eight seven right nine eight seven all right so number nine i have rondell moore yeah (laughs) um same for me it's funny so nine i'll I'll just quick fire these ones real quick but number nine i have rondell moore number eight i have stays to rot number seven i have david bell so (laughs) nice um for me same boat the thing about it is, is, is if you look at, at, at Bell, um, you know, through 18 games, 139 catches, 1,660 yards, um, and 15 touchdowns. He even has a rushing touchdown in there as well. Um, obviously, if you look at uh, more stats, you know, but you have to go back three seasons to his freshman year to get to the 12 touchdowns. Last year, he's not healthy. This year, he's not really been healthy either. Um, it's a very much a question mark whether or not he's playing quote unquote today or not, but he's played seven games in two seasons. Um, he kind of falls into that LaVisca Chenault syndrome that we got, you know, we both love the talent, Mm -hmm. but the injury concern is something that is very alarming. Even Chenault has missed a game or two, I think this year as well. So when you're, you know, you're talking about a guy that you're going to draft potentially in your first or second round, especially if you're just doing a startup in a Debbie world or you want somebody that's going to produce and, and you want to have as little checkered pass as possible when it comes to injuries, obviously you cannot avoid them. Right. You know what I mean? You can't, but um, with his consistency of being on an injury report, that kind of scares me a whole lot. Like he's one of those guys where I kind of teetered with, 
do I drop him even more? But it was like with LaVisca. It's like, I, I like the talent a lot. And, and David Bell has showed out, man. He's, he's done what he's, you know, he, what he's had to with uh, the opportunity. Uh, Sage Surratt's another guy that has been absurd this year. Um, he's got 66 catches, 1,001 yards, and 11 touchdowns. But I'm sure you'll talk about him a little bit more in a little bit. But um, that's my 987. So if they come after us for having Bell over Moore, they'll come after both of us for it. It was funny. That's what I, Whenever you said that, I kind of chuckled because I was like, well, looks like we're going to die on that boat together, brother. So Yeah, yeah. Six through four. So number six, um, this is a guy that I was actually a big fan of coming out of high school. I got to watch him a little bit in high school. That's Garrett Wilson um, from Ohio State. He went to high school up here in Austin, here in, in Texas. So I got to see him a couple times. And the first game I watched of his in high school, it was just like a this – and he's only – I say only. He's six foot, right? So he's not anything crazy. But he plays like he's six four. Like, it's crazy. And he's still doing it at Ohio State, you know. So it just speaks to the level of his true talent. Um, but yeah, Garrett Wilson, I've got him at number six, number five. Um, I've got, um, I've got George Pickens. I I think he's just, I mean, as, as I don't want to say up and down as the Georgia offense has been, but they've, you know, started with a quarterback, then they moved again. They kind of, you know, figured that whole, so does the team doesn't, I mean, I guess they figured out with JT Daniels at this point, but it's just one of those for me. I understand JT Daniels wasn't necessarily cleared at the beginning of the season to come back. I, I get that. But when you make these moves, it's, it's, it, it messes with the receivers, the, the chemistry and all that. So, but George Pickens is, is making it happen with whoever's throwing him the ball, right? He's just ultra talented. I mean, he's, he's just a, he's a monster out there and I think it's going to just continue on. So got him there. And then number four, um, I've got Devonta Smith. Um, Alabama obviously I I think he's he's got a lot of talent he's able to get it done obviously he's he's just give him the ball give him the ball he's gonna make it happen um I like him but yeah Garrett Wilson George Pickens and Devonta Smith at number four yeah for me um I'm gonna kick mine off with Devonta Smith at number six again nothing against Devonta Smith for those of you listening I like Devontae Smith a whole lot. I think he's super talented. I think that he is going to be successful. I just don't feel like he's even the best Alabama receiver, but that's beside the point. Um, Coming in at number five, I have my boy that you mentioned earlier that you continue to slander. That's Terrace Marshall Jr. I like this kid a whole lot. Um, 6'3", 200 pounds. He's been a monster this year. Obviously, in a team that has been so bad, um, he still has 48 catches, 731 yards. He's averaging 15 yards a catch with 10 touchdowns. Uh, Marshall's somebody I think that you could just get the ball in his hands and he's just going to make plays. If you look at the AM game, 10 catches, 134, and a touchdown. Um, you, you look at several different games this year and he's been really just stand out on several different um, layers. And, and I love the kid. I was super – it's one of those guys that I was kind of super happy that kind of just opted out. Because it was like, hey, dude, you proved your point. Let's move on. Um, it's, it's the NFL time. So Terrace Marshall Jr. is coming in at number five. George Pickens is my number four. Big fan, big time fan of, of Pickens. I think that he's got super duper talent. And what he's done this year, and you're right. You know what I mean? Like the, the inconsistent quarterback play has not been helpful. But 
But since they've gotten some consistent quarterback play, they've kind of gotten the ball a little bit more. You know what I mean? Last week mm-hmm. against Missouri, five, 126, two touchdowns. The biggest problem I have is, is people are going to kind of look at Pickens and be like, oh, his stats are this and that. And it's like, that's not the style of offense that Georgia runs either. You know what I mean? Georgia's very much a ground and pound. They're going to run the ball down your throat style of offense. And they don't really open up the um, for, for the receivers to really kind of showcase themselves anymore. They just don't. And I'm not going to knock Pickens for that because his talent is absurd. So, yep. yeah, Smith, Marshall, Pickens, uh, six five four. Nice. So, number three for me, um, Jalen Waddell. Yes, got the injury, all that sad stuff. I get it. But – when you look at when he was on the field, I mean, so in the four games he played, 557 receiving yards, 25 receptions, four touchdowns, he averaged 22.3 yards a catch, and he averaged 139.3 yards a game. Like, that's nuts. That's crazy. And he's one that I was kind of talking about um, – basically not not necessarily having the amazing height to weight all that stuff i mean 510 182 but he's fast and that's what's going to get you on the field at the nfl now because again styles of offensive have have changed over the years at the nfl like i said it used to be they only want the six four guy they only want the six four guy now they still look for him don't get me wrong but a lot of offenses say give me that speed guy because now it opens the field. Just send him. And, of course, you have underneath routes and all that stuff. It just opens the field up a little bit more when you have a guy who can run a 4-2-3-40 and he's just gone, right? And can still catch the ball, make people miss, all that stuff. So, Jalen Waddle, I've got him at number three. Um, my one and two haven't changed. So, I've still got Jamar Chase at two and Rashad Bateman at number one. Um, I think Chase – at first it was kind of like, man, I wish you would have played this year. Now, obviously, we've seen how the season's gone. Um, not even a win-loss aspect of it, just in general, the offense. Now, if he was there, would it have been a different offense? Maybe, right? Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. Um, but he definitely was not going to repeat anywhere close to what he did, you know, with Burrow. So he made the right choice, obviously. Um, not that not that we truly questioned it. It was just kind of one of those, hey, I want to see you. What, what can you do again, you know, even if you got a 1,100 yards and – 12 touchdowns like cool but he opted out so we haven't seen him obviously but I've still got Chase at number two um and then Bateman at number one um opted out came back and then opted out again right <laughs> so um it is what it is I mean it kind of one, one, one of those things where when you see how the season's going which we kind of knew Minnesota wasn't going to necessarily be a true you know national contender um but he wanted to get a little bit more on the uh, you know a little more film out there so um still some solid numbers for the season 472 receptions I mean, i'm so oh god receiving yards that'd be nice right 472 receptions wow. now 36 receptions 472 yards only the two touchdowns so i think that was kind of a, a reason as to why he said hey you're not getting me the ball enough i'm out yeah. but um that's my three through one i like them put them in whatever order you want though yeah i have we have the same exact three through one just not in the, in the same order um for me, Bateman's three, Waddle's two, Chase one. A few notes on Waddle for me. So I looked at the four games that they played, um, Smith and him together, right? So both had eight catches in the uh, Missouri game, okay? Waddle had 134, two touchdowns. Devontae Smith had 89 yards, zero touchdowns. A&M game. I looked at this one as well. 
Waddle had five, 142, and a touchdown. Devontae had six, 60, 63, and a touchdown. Against uh, Ole Miss, Ole Miss was the only game that the two of them played that the, he had more. But Devontae Smith had 13 catches for 164 yards and a touchdown. Waddle had six catches, had 120 yards, averaged eight more yards per catch. And then, of course, the Georgia game, um, again, Devontae Smith had 11 for 167, 15 yards catch, two touchdowns. Waddle, six for 161, averaged 26 yards per catch and a touchdown. I'm not – there's going to be a lot of comparison of the two throughout the entire season, right? You know, or this whole entire offseason, who's better than who? Look, I understand people are going to have Smith higher than Waddle. You have him three and four, I think it is. So it's, it's very close. I'm not, and I have it, you know what I mean? I have it three and, and really three and five. If you look at it, because Pickens is not available, you know, eligible for this particular class. But for me, when Waddle's on the field, Waddle was the guy, right? You know what I mean? They got it in his hands because he is the playmaker. Now, Devontae Smith took over that role because Waddle got hurt, right? I'm not saying that Devontae Smith has not made the most of his, opportunities because he has but when on the field he was the number two receiver okay that to me is telling of what this team is it's just like when we talked about last year when you had Henry Ruggs you had Judy you had Smith you had what you had all these guys and Ruggs was never the first target he was always maybe the third and 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 if you look at it to me if you liked Henry Ruggs last year Jalen Waddle is that and he's better. He's a better route runner. He's got better hands. It, it, to me, Waddle is just, it, it's just all the way around a better receiver. And I get the Devontae Smith love, but I feel like we fall prisoner of the moment when watching some of these guys play. It's just like whenever we talk about Chase, people are going to forget about Chase and what Chase did. Chase was phenomenal. <laughs> it, he was brilliant for opting out. First off, if you look at some of these guys, they got hurt. Um, if Chase gets hurt, his stock value could go drastically down um, and stuff like that. Look what, just, what happened to Justin Ross. You know what I mean? Justin Ross went from a potential top, you know, five receiver in this class to he's going to be maybe if he comes out a third, you know, second, third, fourth round pick. That's a lot of money that you're missing out on because you got hurt. But if you look back at what Chase did, I mean, he had multiple. He had 20 touchdowns, 1,780 yards. He'd average 21 yards a catch. Jamar Chase, he's great. You know what I mean? He's very good. And I understand the love for Bateman. I, I don't hate it. I, I'm the same but with you. If you look at the top three receivers, we have the same exact three. We just flip-flopped our one and three. You know what I mean? It's not like we're that far off from each other. We're not. You know what I mean? And and it's just like, um, well, I mean, with Judy last year, I just felt like Judy was better than Lamb. But even with that, you know, I didn't fault you for having Lamb number one, you know? it's it's these three guys that are really kind of the, the that are going to set your Debbie team up or you set your draft team for the next couple of years. And I think that you can select one of these three guys and be set. I, I, I like them a whole lot. I think they're super talented and, and yeah, this is a, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal wide receiver class. It, it's so good. You know, we had yeah. a great class this year, but damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see, who does opt out? Who comes back? Like, I know that's obviously going to change a few things, but you got to think the, these top guys we've been talking about are, are going to declare. 
you would you would have to think they would. Um, we also said that about some other guys, but um, <laughs> you you got to think given the way that things have gone this year, the kind of the the overall scheme of things or overall situation, I should say, that yeah. they're going to end up declaring. You got to think they would. Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait for us to get a Chuba, Etienne, or um, or uh, Najee this year. Who's that? You know, I wonder who that's yeah. going to be. You know what I mean? Somebody will be do it. Somebody will do it. You yep. know what I mean? And it'll be like. But I don't know. I think the biggest difference this year is with with COVID, the situation exactly. at hand, it's a whole different ballgame because you don't know what's going to next year is going to be like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions surrounding how that's going to look like. You know, there's no outlook right now for long term possibilities of, of of making things a little bit different next year. So this might be your time to kind of go out here, say I'm declaring and being on yep. with my life. But um, yeah, that's a it's a it's a fantastic class. I'm excited about it. Uh, make sure to do us a favor and head on over to Twitter. Give the show a follow at the David Delight. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. Make sure to check out the other great shows on the network. We have the Film Optics podcast. We have 50 Years of Music. We have the Fantasy Football Roundtable and a host of others. Um, do us a favor. Head on over to the musiccitydrivein.com as well to check out some articles over there. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, later. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.